Good morning. There she is. She's back. She's back. And Megan's back. Josh and Sarah is not with us today. They have to go do taxes. Mm. So, but today is Thursday and it is the 22nd day of February. Ah. This is 2024. Let's get going. Render under Caesar. It's time to lift our hearts to Jesus. It's time to break some holy bread. Grab your coffee and your Bible. Listen to what the Spirit says. It's time for Okay, so you can tell, look at her eyes, if you can see them. She, they, these guys are sleepy. I woke Lisa up, I think, five times this morning. And then I was like, I'm not going to wake you up anymore. So if you don't want to get up, that's going to be just fine. Boy, uh, y'all could have slept. So I thought I'd just be by myself, but. We surprised him. Yep. You've been walking the same old road for miles and miles. Same old voice to the same old lies. Trying to feel the same old hopes inside. There's a better life. There's a better life. If you've got pain, he's a pain taker. He's a way maker. 
That was good. <laughs> hey man, it's so good, good to, to have home. my woman back home. Good to be home. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right. Praise Jesus. Yeshua. Hamashiach. God is good. Wow. Good morning, guys. Welcome back. Welcome back. Everybody is saying to you girls. Thank you for being here this morning. So, you Patreon, you guys that partner with us, this Monday, the final two songs of Plain and Simple will go up. And they're just old church songs. One is, uh, I think I'll fly away. And the other one is, softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. Y'all remember that? I bet Miss Peggy does. Miss Diane does. Donna Mae, you'll know that one. Amen. Uh and then this one will start up the next week. And this is Scott and Lisa back in the day, 20 years ago. 20, yeah. Long time. Long time ago. And I uh, hope you like them. And I really am going to want to know if you like those songs, okay? So thank you guys so much. Thank you guys for being here. And uh, let's dive into our Bible study. And... The Bible study is going to begin now to get pretty wild. Amen. So, uh, I'm just going to have to trust the Lord on how fast to go, how slow to go, because this is some really, really interesting and cool stuff. So yesterday when we, at the end of the broadcast yesterday, one of the things we were talking about is there's not... It, the, the Bible records actually three falls that seriously changed our world. The first fall, of course, is in the Garden of Eden. When a snake, get this, a serpent talks to a woman and gets her to disobey God. And the serpent and the woman, or the woman talks to the man, gets him to disobey God. And mankind falls and is cast out of the very presence of God, no longer to walk in the presence of God, fallen, and death enters, sin enters, death enters, and now man must die and go back to the dust of the earth from where he was created. But, but, God created man as eternal beings to dwell here upon the earth eternal beings to dwell upon the earth. Death was not part of the picture till the fall. Okay? So we'll come back to that in just a moment. The second we're reading about in the days of Noah, which is what our study is on, and when some crazy things take place and it becomes very, very wicked, so wicked that God says, I'm tired of it. I'm going to destroy it. And then the third fall, major fall, was at the Tower of Babylon, or the Tower of Babel, excuse me, when God says, 
all of man being united, now look what they've done. the, The unity of man causes him to corrupt himself even faster and lift himself up. Up against God. And so God divides the languages so nobody can understand each other and makes tribalism part of the earth and divides us up into tribes and everybody splits up. Let's go back now to the Garden of Eden. This is important to remember as we get into Genesis chapter 1. I mean, Genesis chapter 6, excuse me. It's important to realize the perfection of the creation of mankind. In the eternal creation of the mankind, of mankind, even when man falls and God says, now you're going to die. Now man and woman and everyone born now begins to die. However, because of the perfection of the DNA, because of the gene pool and the perfection of the gene pool, it would take hundreds and hundreds, hundreds of years for mankind to die. Okay. Now, I'll talk about why I think that's important for us to recognize. Now, let's go to Genesis chapter 6, and let's start over from yesterday. And today we're going to read on to probably verse 8, and then we'll go back and start again. Now it came to pass, when men began to multiply upon the face of the earth, men began to multiply upon the face of the earth. Pay attention very close to the words. And daughters were born to them. Born to who? Men. Verse 2. That the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful. And they took for themselves, and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. Verse 3, and the Lord said, my spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. Verse 4, oh, excuse me. All right, verse 4. There were giants on the earth in those days and also afterward when the sons of God came in to the daughters of men and they bore children to them. Those were mighty men who were of old, men of renown, famous, famous men is what this is talking about. Verse 5. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Verse 6. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man upon the earth, and it grieved him. He was grieved in his heart. God was grieved? Yeah. Verse 7. 
So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth. Now, with the creation of man, was the creation of many other things that were under man. Animals, such things. Okay? I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping things and birds of the air. For I am sorry that I have made them. Verse 8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. All right. So, Lord, be with us as we begin to talk about these things and study these things. Please help us and Holy Spirit guide, guide us as we talk about these things. In your sweet name, Lord Jesus, Yeshua, amen. So we talk about the three falls, and, and one, of, one of the reasons I wanted to talk about the perfection of the DNA in the early days let me give you uh, what I mean and why I need to talk about that a little. Even today in our day, we love beauty. And when I say we, I mean the world. The world loves beauty, does it not? There are still contests. There are contests. I mean, men work out and they build themselves up and then they stand in front of crowds and people cheer and pick out the one they think is the most muscular uh, women, there's contests, you know, the Miss Universe, you know, uh, beauty pageants. She's the most beautiful woman in this state. And then she's the most, she's Miss America, the most beautiful woman in America. Miss Universe, the most beautiful woman in the world. And we can say that there are men and women out there that are extremely beautiful today, for sure. But could you imagine... If men and women can be that beautiful with thousands of years of decay and DNA, fallen DNA, dying DNA, what do you think the first humans look like? I don't think we can actually even know. But I would say this. I, I believe, I've said this on Daybreak many times, but I believe Adam and Eve would be the most beautiful humans because they were, they were created perfect the scripture says, good, upright, and perfect. No flaws. Now, they fail, and as they fail, DNA begins to change. But here in this verse 2 again, it says, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, the sons of God, verse 2, saw the daughters of men and that they were beautiful. What is going on here? And today, I, I, the, the subtitle is Sons of God. As we read this story in Genesis, let me take that back off so it's just not bugging you. As we read this story in Genesis, it seems like not only has man multiplied, but evil has multiplied. It has multiplied exponentially. So bad, with no pushback, with no slowing down of the evil, okay, with no slowing down of the evil, hence Tower of Babel, hence God putting his people 
children of Israel upon the earth to get his ways out there to try to influence nations, the New Testament, the church, to influence the world. Without a pushback, without a slowdown, the evil multiplied supernaturally to where it actually said, and we read this morning, that men became so evil that the thoughts of their mind were only evil continually. That just blows me away. It just shows you how bad, how bad, how bad it was. So what we want to think about, though, is these this term here, sons of God, they saw daughters of men and that they were beautiful and they took wives, meaning they laid with them. They went into them. Later, it says in verse 4, and let's look at verse 4 again before we talk. It says, there were giants on the earth. This word giants comes from a word in the Hebrew, Nephilim. I'm sure you've heard of the word Nephilim. Nephilim comes from a Hebrew root word, Nephal, N-A-P-H-A-L. That's where that word comes from, okay? And the Hebrew root word means to fall. So literally, what you read in your Bible, it says giants upon the earth, means Nephilim. Nephilim and giants are talking about the same thing. And it literally means fallen ones. There were fallen ones on the earth. But he calls them giants because of their stature. Now, I want to point something else out in verse 4. There were giants in the earth in those days, and notice this phrase, and also after that. Now, we're building a foundation for you to understand not what's going on in your world, what's going on in... To understand these things that we're beginning to talk about will help you understand the spiritual battle that's going on in your world and why there can't seem to be peace and why wars can't seem to stop. The unseen realm, the unseen world. You say giants. You really think they were giants? I'm just going to give you one scripture. Deuteronomy chapter 3 verse 11. But before I even talk about there, and we're not going to turn there, but I'm just going to give it to you. You know the story of David. Everybody knows that story. David and the giant. Everybody knows that story. Slinging the stone, he kills the giant. You know how big that giant was? You know how big Goliath was? Have you ever played basketball? <laughs> Have you ever shot basketball? Imagine the goal that's about the height. The goal is maybe a few inches higher than what Goliath was. At the Lebanon-Wilson County Fair this year, they had a statue that was made to the very dimensions of Goliath that's recorded in the Bible. Me and Jeff Rowe, my, uh, Josh's dad, got our picture with Goliath and his sword, and his shield, and his armor. It was ginormous. In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 3, verse 11, if you want to jot that down and look at it, there's a king of Bashan named Og. 
And it simply states there that his bed was 13 feet long and 6 feet wide. How big is your bed? How big of a bed do you need to sleep on? Now, you might say, uh, well, um, you know, that don't mean he was that big. In the book of Deuteronomy, when you see the wars going on, it, to understand what's happening in those days and also after that, giants being on the earth in the days of Noah and then later after that, when the ten spies bring an evil report and they're like, we're like grasshoppers and the eyes of these people. We're like grasshoppers. We can't take these people. They're giants. And then words like Nephilim, Rephaim, uh, Anakim, all these, all these names of these giants that lived in the land. And then it'll help you to understand what we're studying is going to help you to understand. You may be reading the Bible and go, I just don't understand why God would tell the Israelites to go in there and absolutely slaughter every person in there, every one of them. The giants, the children of the giants, the male, the female, all of them, kill them all. Because that mandate was not always given to the children of Israel. But in the areas where the giants lived, it was given to them. Kill them all. Take them all out. Why? Why would God be so cruel? Well, he wasn't cruel. God is pushing back the evil. Try to imagine it this way. How many of us have had surgery? When I was a young man, a teenager, I had appendicitis surgery, right? And a, a doctor laid me down, put me to sleep, cut my side open, and cut out the append uh, my uh, appendix. Is that is that the right word? Cut it out, sold me back up. Why would he cut something off of me and out of me? Because if he left it, it would have killed all of me. It's the reason people go in for cancer surgery, to get a tumor off of them. Does anybody think it's evil for someone to cut cancer out? Of course you don't, because you're like, if I don't cut this out, and matter of fact, sometimes people have to take their arms off or their legs off, because if they don't, it's going to kill the whole body. In the same way, God, who knows all things, can look at the evil of the earth, understands the evil of the earth, understands what takes place, and says, we've got to do something about that. Especially after the days of Noah, when God promises, and this is what the rainbow is about, by the way, God swears and makes a covenant and says, I will not, I will not, I promise, I will not destroy the earth like this again. I will never do this again in the way that I've done it. The waters will never become a flood and destroy the entirety of the earth anymore. And here's my proof to you. I'm going to set a rainbow in the cloud. The rainbow in the cloud is a sign from God that he will not destroy the earth again because of this weak wickedness. Now, for that to take place, that means then God has to do surgeries on the earth using whatever means he needs to use it. And this is also why, after the days of Noah that God says you've got to institute human governments. Okay? Later, after he said, listen, anybody that sheds man's blood by man shall his blood be shed. That very statement, 
after the days, now you can read that in the book of Genesis, God says unto Noah after the days, he says, look, whoever sheds, whoever kills somebody, you've got to take him out. You've got to take him out. Okay? Now, what that meant was God put the responsibility of human government upon mankind to govern themselves and to push evil out. Why? Because if you don't, you end up with the days of Noah. As, as, as judgment stopped being made and as man quits giving penalties for evil, the days of Noah return. Remember, the Lord says, what's it going to, what it's, what it's going to be like when I return? The days of Noah. So that means that somewhere toward the days, when we start getting to the latter days, governments are not going to be penalizing these things anymore. Okay. Gosh. Yeah, we're <laughs> Sons of God. Now, so tomorrow's going to be Sons of God Part 2. Okay. Yeah. So Larry Neal wanted to know, was there anyone preaching right and wrong at that time? And I mean, right after the fall. And the only thing I know is, I mean, the scripture doesn't implicitly say that in the first few chapters of, Gen of uh, Genesis, but it does say that Seth yes. had a son he called Enosh. Yes, Enosh. And at that time, people began to call, call upon, upon the name, the name of, the of the Lord. Yes. So, so I don't know that there was anyone necessarily a preacher or a prophet or any such. There thing was. There that. was. Was there? Yeah. Who was that? Noah. Noah. Well, yes. Yeah, but but no, the Bible actually says in uh, I think it's it's Peter. It says Noah, a preacher of righteousness. Right. So yes, Noah certainly was a preacher of righteousness. But. I think what he's asking is from the fall yes. to Noah, was there anyone pre or was God still uh, uh, what Lisa what Lisa said is is what we have, Brother Larry, and and that you know, Cain kills Abel, then years later God gives Adam another son named Seth, and and, and it's just marked, and actually time is only marked from these children of Adam that are marked by the ones it seems to be the ones who called upon the name of the Lord. And so even Noah, so when he when he says only evil continually, uh, it's it seems to be uh I wouldn't say God made an exaggeration, but we know that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And and the Bible in the New Testament says Noah uh was a preacher of righteousness in those days. Right. And so yes, it says, Then began man to call upon the name of the Lord. So so we're going to take this back up tomorrow. And so the title, it'll be the days of Noah, part four, sons of God, part two. And we're going to look more into this phrase, sons of God. Uh, and and I'm, I've never changed my mind since the first time I read this. Uh, however, it was challenged. And so we will discuss. And here's what we want to do. We want to look at what the Bible actually teaches and then we can talk about opinions, what people believe, don't believe. But what I want to do first is actually look at these phrases and see what the Bible teaches. So tomorrow, we're going to focus on sons of God. And you could do a little study on sons of God yourself. Find out where it's talked about, sons of God, sons of man, and what that is. And we'll go be going into the book of Job tomorrow on Fear Not Friday. All right. Love you guys. Thank you 
for being here this morning. And uh, like I said, remember, if I could go back to captions, just right before I get off here, let me scroll this one more time. Send me a text or you can call me directly. And the things we're talking about, yes, there are many, many opinions on them. What I'm asking you to try to do is let's focus on what the Bible actually teaches. And I think you will be blown away. We're going to go to the book of Job. We're going to go to the book of Jude. We're going to go to the book of Peter, 2 Peter. And I think you'll be blown away, even 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And I think it will shock you what your Bible actually says, if, especially if you have never studied these things before. It's pretty amazing stuff. All right? So let's say the Lord's Prayer and we'll get off here. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. I love you, saints of God. Remember to forgive as you stand praying always. You forgive everybody and God will forgive you. Shalom, shalom. We'll see you in the morning. Bye.